Hello and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. Each episode we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world, even when we're recording from home. As we continue to do our spring and summer series from home at iPhone Life. Fourth episode, I think, from home. You all get to appreciate my uh, stepson's pizza drawing behind me still. Yep. (laughs) So uh, let's start out the episode by talking about our sponsor. So today's sponsor is Matthias. Matthias, I love these sponsors that focus on one thing and just make them great. And that's Matthias. They have keyboards and they have a really great range of keyboards. They have a wired keyboard. Apple actually stopped making wired keyboards now, but a lot of people, including me, love them. I actually have a Matthias wired keyboard I'm using right now. And I like it because it doesn't ever have any connectivity issues. And I have it in my home office, which my partner and I share, so we don't have to deal with Bluetooth. We just plug it in. Um, They also have a really excellent wireless option as well, a Bluetooth option. And what they do that's really great about their wireless Bluetooth option, a few things. First of all, it's backlit. Uh, and they what they did that was smart is they have a separate battery for the backlighting as opposed to the actual keyboard. So the keyboard will last, the battery will last a year because it's so frustrating when you have a keyboard where the battery dies on you. So the key, the battery will last a year. And then the backlighting has its own battery. So if you are able to charge it regularly, you can regularly have backlighting. Um, it also syncs with four devices so you can have the buttons on the keyboard so you don't have that problem if you have a shared keyboard you just can have like my computer can be button one my partner's can be button two you can have ipads it works with ipads it works with iphone check out their whole range matthias is spelled m-a-t-i-a-s and you can go to matthias.ca or we'll link to it in the show notes at iphonelife.com podcast awesome thanks david Next, I want to tell you about our daily tips newsletter. We have a free daily newsletter that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in less than one minute a day. So this is a really fast, free way to start your iPhone mastery and and iPad mastery as well. And you can go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up. It's a great deal, completely free, as I mentioned. So I highly recommend doing that. And I wanted to tell you about uh, a recent tip that we ran in our daily tips newsletter, and that's how to you um, sorry what how to laugh at a text using iPhone message reactions. So message reactions is a feature that Apple kind of slipped into its operating system a couple of years ago, and I think a lot of people have caught on to it, but not everyone. And you may see it sometimes and or not know exactly what it is. And so I just wanted to go over with you how to use this feature. If you have your messages app open and a text thread going, if someone says something in this case that you think is funny, you can just tap and hold on that text bubble and some options will pop up if you hold it for like two seconds and you'll have the option to laugh. It'll be like, ha ha as an option. You can do exclamation points if it's something like, surprising or you want to emphasize and you can also do a heart or a thumbs up or a thumbs down and so i use this feature all the time now it's a great way to acknowledge a message that's come in and let let someone know that you've seen it even 
if you don't have the time to write a long response or you don't really have much to say about it. Um, and so I think it's definitely something that's good to know about. Um, and I think a lot of people with features where you have to press and hold to get to get there, it's easy just for it to completely pass you by without ever knowing about it. Yeah, a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, I agree with you that like it's been out for a couple of years now, but it seems like only recently that it's become the norm to use it. Um, yeah. So it's definitely good to know about it. I find it really useful, especially I kind of I think the two scenarios that I use it a lot are number one, if it's a group conversation and you don't want every person to comment on every single thing, it's nice just to like give it a thumbs up or a ha ha. So every, so you know, so they know you saw it. The other one that I tend to use a lot on is if I'm having a conversation where I have like several threads of conversation going at the same time, I can, you know, you don't always have a response to every single thing you're saying or the other person's saying. So I find it really useful there too, to just acknowledge that you saw it while you're carrying on the conversation in a different direction. Um, a, a third thing though, I do want to mention is that it mostly works over iMessage. So the functionality works really well if everybody has an iPhone. If somebody on the thread has an Android, they will get a text notification that says, David laughed at the message, as opposed to the little visual cue that iMessage has where you just see the little ha-ha in the top right corner of the text. So it still works. They'll still know that you responded, but it's a pretty weird workaround that Apple has come up with for Android where they get an extra text message saying that I laughed, which is, I don't know if I like I hate that. it. I tend to only use it if I'm talking to iPhone, people with iPhones. I know I have a group chat. Like most of my really close friends have iPhones and then one does not. Oh, yeah. And so we're always like giving her the hardest time because we all use message reactions a lot. And like the text message thing gets really annoying. Um, I think one of the ways that I use it the most is to react to photos. Like yeah. my best friend had a baby and she's like sending, you know, daily photo updates of him. And so we all like to love it or like laugh if it's something funny. And I think that's a really nice feature for that. But I did want to also just chat really fast about like impolite ways to use message reactions. <laughs> Cause I was going to say, sometimes I can feel kind of like dismissed if uh -huh. I wrote like a long thoughtful text and then someone just like thumb does a thumbs up. It's like, I agree. It feels like a really pathetic effort. <laughs> I agree. Like, can't you come up with something more than a thumbs up? It's the same thing with like the thumbs up emoji, which can also be really useful in, in, in conversation. But sometimes that happens to me where I'll write a really long thought, thoughtful thing and the person will just be like, thumbs up. And it's just like rude. Like if, you, if I'm writing you a lot, then take the time to respond. <laughs> yeah. I still think it beats not responding at all. Yes. You know, and like I definitely can sometimes be guilty of I'll be like, oh, I want to wait and write a long, thoughtful response. And then I forget. And so then I'm even more rude. So I don't yeah. really have any uh, moral high ground here. But I did just want to put out there that sometimes I found myself feeling slighted <laughs> by message reactions as opposed to a longer response. I think it's a good warning to use carefully. I do also want to add, this is a feature that's really high up on my wish list for iOS 14 is that and it's, I, I will be shocked if it happens, but that Android and uh, Apple learn to play nice so that iPhones and Androids have a shared 
uh, message system where you can have things like that that still work out. So you can still name group conversations. You can have like a response that works across both platforms. I would really love that. I hope they can, you know, get along well enough to make that work because it'd be so convenient for all of us. That's a great point. Um, all right. So that is our, our tip for you this week. Now I wanted to take a moment to talk about our premium educational platform, iPhone Life Insider. A lot of you listening already have heard of it before, but you might not be totally sure how it works. So our tip of the day newsletter, that's our free offering. And if you upgrade for a low price every month, you can get video versions of those daily tips. So it makes it really easy to follow along on your iPhone or iPad as you watch a one minute video. Uh, you also get access to our full library of in-depth video guides. We recently came out, we just came out with yesterday, actually our FaceTime guide. Um, and that walks you through everything you need to know about this app and lets you do group video calls, um, learn like all the roadblocks that might be standing in your way and how to get around them. We also have iOS guides. So upcoming later this year, we'll be having iOS 14 coming out and we'll teach you all of the new features. So you're um, able to like be ahead of all of your friends and know how to take advantage of all the new stuff. And you get a digital archive of iPhone Life magazine. We have more than 30 back issues and you can read that on your iPhone or iPad or uh, desktop device. We also have Ask an Editor, which is a feature that you can send in your tech questions to us and we'll personally answer those for you. So you get to have you know, personal access to our experts to help guide you through problems. Lastly, you get an ad-free version of this podcast with exclusive content just for you guys too. So you get a special, a special insider feed for your podcast. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, we always offer discounts to our podcast listeners, but right now we're actually offering 50% off our insider subscription because of the coronavirus pandemic. We wanted to offer an even better deal to make insider more accessible. And we knew it's a great time to sign up too, because people are spending more time at home using their devices. And on top of that, if you are a veteran service personnel, senior or health professional, and senior that's 60 plus, you get an extra 10% off your subscription. So you get 60% off total. And you can apply that at checkout when you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, sign up while the deal lasts. It's an awesome deal. Mm -hmm. um, we have our video editor, Cullen Thomas, is recently taken over our insider questions. And he shared with me a recent question he answered that I thought could, that our listeners, podcast listeners could benefit from. So I'm gonna read that for you guys now. Hi there, is there a way to tell how many contacts I have in my contact folder on the iPhone 10 with iOS 13? Thank you, I love being an insider member. This is a great service with great staff. Keep up the good work. Sincerely, many friends. <laughs> I had to include the like, the compliment to us. The endorsement, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is a great question. I've never wondered that before. I know no, I have tons never. of contacts, but so yeah. this is kind of an interesting one. And I'm curious to see what Colin had to say. Howdy, many friends. The contacts app has squirreled away the answer to your question, 
but finding it is easy once you know where to look. Scroll all the way to the bottom of your contacts list and you'll see a number telling you how many you have in the list. We should follow along, David, and find out how many yeah, you I'm have. Yeah, I'm gonna do, I was just gonna say the same thing, I'm on it. <laughs> um, this works in the iPhone, sorry, this works in the phone app too. Just tap the phone app, then the contacts tab at the bottom of your screen, scroll all the way to the bottom, and if you, if you wanna scroll faster, you can swipe along the alphabet on the right side of the screen to mm -hmm. get this to where you wanna go. And there's actually, an, uh, under the alphabet, there's a number. So you can just tap the, the number sign and it'll take you right to it. And one ah. kind of bonus tip is if you ever scrolled really far on something and you want to easily get to the top of the page, if you just touch the very top of your screen, that kind of black bar, it instantly takes you back to the top of any page if you've scrolled too far. All right, Donna, I'm ready. What do you got? Cool. I have... It's like all ones, 1,111. Wow. Contacts. Never make another friend. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I win. I have 1,429. Wow. I, I like... am, I don't want to brag or anything, but I have never lost my phone. So <laughs> I have like a continuity of people in my phone from like when I was 13 years old all the way to present. Uh, and so I have like a lot of them I probably should clear out because they're old and don't work anymore. Um, but I have a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out like why I would have that many contacts. I'm like, I definitely don't have that many friends, but they get added automatically. I think, uh, cause I'm looking like right Facebook now and people, and like... well, also they sync with your mail app. And so there's some that get added that are just like people you've emailed. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun little tip from an insider. That was a good question. Yeah, let's make this. I don't know if this should be our official question of the day, but is any is anybody beating fourteen hundred? Let us know. Send us an email yes. at podcast at iphonelife.com. That's a good one. Uh, now let's share our apps and gear for the week. What apps and accessories have you been using? Okay, so I mentioned this. Um, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, or I guess it was, gosh, maybe a month ago now, I went and had to resubscribe to cable because I've been really enjoying this Michael Jordan show and it's on ESPN. The show's called The Last Dance. Uh, and so it's the first time that I've had cable in about a year or so. And I used to just do satellite through Dish, um, but I cut the cord. And so now I'm using Sling TV for the first time. Uh, I find it's interesting because I find Sling TV to be, they, I used to use YouTube TV, which I like the interface a lot more. Sling TV kind of has a pretty limited interface. It's kind of clunky, but almost every app or almost every channel now has their own app. So I'm pretty much only using it to be able to log into third-party apps like ESPN I'm watching uh, it also has local shows or local channels, which I, I find to be really nice because I do a lot of sports. Um, it's the cheapest one, which is why I did it. I'm paying like 25 bucks a month for cable, which is pretty crazy. And I can just watch it through my Apple TV. Sling has an Apple TV app. Or like I was saying, mostly what I do is it gives me access to all these other apps that I can watch like NBC or ESPN or and anybody that has an app. Uh, most channels have apps now. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Tyler's been loving the last dance too. It's great. He's like obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay. Apps that I've been using. Uh, Me Lime is an app that I've resist, rediscovered. I probably talked about this at some point on the podcast, but I had, I kind of, you know how you go through with cycles with certain apps, like some mm-hmm. apps, some apps are constants like Spotify is daily, but, um, with in general with cooking, I go through like weird phases where sometimes I just like cook pasta all the time or like don't even want to bother with the recipe. And then other times I'm feeling more inspired. Uh, So Mealime is a meal planning app and recipe app Mm. that is really good if you're wanting to get into more of like a healthy routine where you are not only like eating at home more, but like cooking nutritious meals. So Mm -hmm. it's the highlights of this app. Like there are so many recipe apps out there, but what makes this one different is that it allows you to use its meal planning features for free, which most, most other apps I've looked at, like you are forced to pay for that. So you can choose whether you want to do, you can choose, customize what your dietary restrictions are. So I'm mostly vegetarian, so I would set it that way. And then it'll let you choose three meals for the week for free. Um, and then you can like create a grocery list. You can do your weekly grocery run or delivery or whatever you're doing during this time and plan out which days you want to make your meals. It also lets you choose select like food allergies you might have, or like if you were doing low carb or something like that, you can do that too. And so it's nice, like with the food allergy feature, it's great if you actually have an allergy, but also let's say you just happen to hate tomatoes. You can select that as a food you're allergic to and it will eliminate any recipes that have tomatoes. So I've been enjoying that, this app again. Also the recipes, it's like 20 to 30 minutes to make each meal. And they, they're, it's usually not like over the top complicated, but also like fancy enough that you, it's like exciting. I'll have to check it out. Cause definitely now is the time to like get up to speed on cooking again. Right. Cause we're all at home. My, yeah. my partner is allergic to nightshades, which is kind of an unusual allergy. It's uh, tomatoes, peppers, uh, potatoes, eggplant. And so I have a hard, I used to love these like meal services and these sort of recipe things. We've had a hard time because a lot of apps don't have that. So I'll have to see if they have that as an allergy because that I've largely gotten away from it, but also we're, we get a little bit in ruts because it's, it's a pretty limiting factor. It's amazing how many things have nightshades in them. Yeah. I mean, you could even go in and like individually choose each nightshade as an allergy if you had to, right? I think so. I'll have to try it, see if they have all the options for me. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to let me know how it goes. Yeah. Um, the other accessory I wanted to, I wanted to bring up, and this is, this is one I may have mentioned in the past too, but it's also been a while and also is like, seems to be seasonal and one that I've rediscovered is I've got this Belkin running armband case Mm. that is really great to, I've been like trying to get back into jogging. Um, I would love to do a 5k later this year if that's, I'm not sure whether that's going to be in the cards or not, but, um, anyway, I'm trying to jog outside more and enjoy the beautiful weather and stay physically fit. And, uh, I really find listening to music makes such a difference in being able to keep myself going. So this case is really easy. Uh, it makes it really easy. I can just pop my phone into it. You do have to take, I have to take off my usual iPhone case to stick it in here. Um, but it's nice. I like it better than some of these arm sleeves that have like a big plastic thing you dump your phone into Yeah. because then it's really, even if they claim 
that it lets you use your touch screen. It's really hard to. It is. Um, and I like to like change the song or mess around with my phone. And this makes it easy to do that. Um, and yeah, like I could just use a playlist on my Apple watch, but I also kind of like to be able to stream my Spotify playlists Okay. Uh, from my phone because I get sick of my just same old playlists. I was getting ready to ask that. So do you, your Spotify user still? Yeah. So does, for a long time, Spotify did not allow you to download music onto your Apple Watch. I believe that's still true, isn't it? It's still true. So my point is more just that if I wanted to put music on my Apple Watch, I'd have to, I guess, like either be an Apple Music subscriber or like buy some songs Mm -hmm. from, I could like buy some songs off of iTunes and then have it transferred to my Apple Watch as a playlist. But then I'd be like stuck with just those songs. And I don't to, really want to do that. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. To me, this is like one of my largest complaints for Apple Watch. And it's, I don't, I don't know if it's Apple's fault or Spotify or Shopify's, sorry. I get Shopify and Spotify mixed up in my head. If it's Spotify's fault or Apple's fault, but you cannot download music on the Spotify app on your Apple Watch. And so it's so frustrating because I have AirPods, I have an Apple Watch. I shouldn't need to strap a phone to my arm in order to make it work. But I do because I can't listen to music otherwise, unless I'm an Apple Music subscriber, which I'm not. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have the like large plastic bag solution. I mean, it's like a generic one I bought on Amazon, but that, that Belkin one looks nice. But I just wish that I wish that Spotify let me download playlists because it would be so much nicer. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know, like if that's just something from Spotify's side that's the problem or if Apple is like holding up. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious what the deal is with that. Um, other thing that I've noticed a lot of people using lately is yoga pants that have like little side pockets. Um, and I think like men and women both have styles that, that do that. Like, you know, maybe like running short, men have some running shorts that are like either have a zipper pocket, like you could put your phone in there. But I haven't really for some reason that just hasn't seemed like it would be secure enough. Like it's going to still fly out or something. So I haven't tried that. I have a pair of shorts with zipper pockets, but then it's like, it's secure, but it's like every step I take, my phone like bounces against my leg and I hate it. Yeah. I actually have a a new pair of yoga pants that do have like the side, like a side pocket thing that's like on the side of your thigh. So Mm -hmm. I could give that a try, but, um, but for now I'm just going to stick with my Belkin. I like it. (laughs) Um, All right. So we've talked about apps and gear that we're enjoying right now, but we wanted to continue on with the content for quarantine section where we share with you the, you know, movies, TV shows, podcasts, music, whatever it is that we are using right now to entertain us during this time where we're spending more time indoors. Um, And you know, we asked you last episode how you're enjoying it and to whether you have content to suggest to us. I would like to continue on with that question and uh, email podcast at iphonelife.com to let us know what content you're listening to or watching. (laughs) All right, David, what content have you been enjoying the past couple of weeks? Okay. I've got a couple of them. Um, the first one is a show I just finished. It's called Kim's Convenience. Have you ever watched it? 
No. Oh, it's great. It, I really recommend it. It's um, about a, a Korean family in Canada. And it's just really light. There's what I, it's a sitcom. What, one of the things that annoys me about sitcoms is when they get a little bit too dramatic, sort of like the Ross and Rachel, will they, won't they? And you're just trying to have some entertainment. And then all of a mm. sudden, it's like this big, like everybody in the episode's fighting and crying and all that. So this is not that. It's like <laughs> really light. Every episode is entertaining, but not, a, not dramatic. Uh, and the characters are just really rich. I feel like sitcoms these days are hard because kind of the old school model for sitcoms people find cheesy these days. Um, yeah. And Somehow I really Shit's enjoyed Creek that. like got around that, even though it is yeah. cheesy, like people still love it. Shit's Creek I really love too. And I would put this in a similar vein as Shit's Creek. It's like very character driven. The characters are rich. Um, and I, it's very light, easy to watch. It's the third season. I just finished it. All three seasons were excellent. Hmm, that's exciting. I have so many good show recommendations from you. I know, I'm enjoying this section. I don't know, we're, we're still waiting to get the feedback from our listeners, but I'm finding a lot of things to, to enjoy. Me too. Yeah, uh, the, the movie that I wanted to recommend this week is Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, yeah. It is so good. Yes. It's so good. It's like a really great feel-good movie. Um, I feel, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, some movies you watch and you're just like, that was like perfect. I feel like that, Mm -hmm. that's how I felt about this movie. And it's different than anything I'd watched before. And it was cool too, because, um, the main character has down syndrome Mm -hmm. and they actually cast someone with down syndrome, which I thought was a cool choice. Um, a good choice. And, uh, it was, yeah. It is good. I just recommend. I don't want to like, give spoilers. That's the hard thing about this. I was like, yeah. what else do I say? I actually watched that based on your recommendation and really enjoyed it. Uh, and one of the things I, I liked about it, like you were saying, not only did the main character have Down syndrome, but I really enjoy movies and television where somebody has a disability like that and they don't make fun of it. You know, it was it, it wasn't they weren't making fun of it. They also weren't glorifying it. It just was like, that was just a feature of the character. Uh, and it was really enjoyable. I, it was really fun. Yeah, um, no, I think that's a good, uh, I, I hadn't like fully verbalized the way they portrayed having that disability, but I agree. Yeah. Um, did you have, I thought I saw on the list that you had I another do. recommendation. I have one more. I, I struggle to call it a recommendation because <laughs> it's more like I watched it and I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, it was the, it's a mini series on Netflix called Hollywood. Have you seen it? Nope. It was really interesting. It's light and enjoyable. You can tell from my tone from all of these recommendations. What I'm looking for personally right now is sort of escapism because the pandemic is just stressful for me. And so I like shows where I can just sort of escape from it. So it, it fits that bill. It's about kind of uh, like 1930s Hollywood, 1940s Hollywood. Um, it's really entertaining. And it's light and enjoyable, but it's unusual in that it's about, uh, it's about this sort of film that got made that broke all of these uh, kind of barriers at the time where they cast an African-American in the lead. It had an African-American writer. It had openly gay cast but it's fictional 
And so it didn't happen. And none of that happened in the 1940s. And so it's this weird feeling where you're like this feel good thing, but then you have to like keep remembering that this didn't really happen and that it was actually a very difficult time for all of these minorities. Um, it also Ooh. was just sort of like, so that I thought was a very controversial choice. The other thing was, it felt like it wasn't, it was okay in, in its writing quality. Like it was still worth watching because it was entertaining, but I felt like the writing quality sometimes was a little bit below what like some of these really amazing shows that are out there today are. So. I think it's worth watching if you enjoy that type of thing. Um, it had a good cast. It was entertaining. But it just like, it, it felt like it sort of fell flat for me. But I still wanted to mention it, partly because it's very popular right now. And so I thought it was worth mentioning. And also, I was curious to hear what other people thought about this. The choice of having a fictionalized thing. that Because I love those movies where somebody breaks some racial barrier or some barrier. I love that but I like them when they're based on true stories. Yeah, I was gonna say that kind of like inspirational historical feel, that's actually a big pet peeve of mine, like movies that kind of trick you into feeling like that. And then you're like, wait, but that didn't happen. So yeah. what am I supposed to be feeling about this? Like, I don't know, that's not my favorite. And it was we it was unusual too, cause they also like base it somewhat on historical figures. Like they have Rock Hudson in the movie, who in the movie or in the show, he's openly gay. In real life, he was rumored to be closeted. Uh, and so it's weird, to, like it's just unusual to have a real life character, but, all, but it's fictionalized. Yeah, I suppose like there's some interesting choice there of like what could have been sort yeah. of, I yeah. guess, which is, seems to be kind of like a newer, I've seen a few shows that seem to be doing that now. Like that, what's that Amazon show? I feel like you might've been the one who recommended it to me. Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle, castle where it's like an alternate history. And that was kind of cool. It's like, what happened? What would have happened if we yeah. hadn't won World War II? Yeah, but, I did see that. I, I, I thought it was so, so, but I actually did watch another show with an alternate history that I really did enjoy. And that was called Plot Against America. Have you seen it? No, I feel, <laughs> I feel terrible. Like I've just been watching Homeland nonstop. And so I'm like, nope, haven't seen anything else. See, I'm feeling embarrassed the opposite. I've watched so much TV, but it's because we, <laughs> I have shows I watch with my partner, shows I watch by myself, and then shows I watch with my seven-year-old. And all three of those don't overlap at all. Right. Um, so Plot Against America, I watch with my partner. It is definitely not kid-friendly, but it's, a, it's the alternate history of basically what happens and well I guess I don't want to do spoilers but it's an alternate history around World War II and if we did if we never got into World War II uh, but it has a lot of undertones of anti-semitism it's really fascinating it's got really rich characters it's a mini series so I think it's only eight episodes I'd recommend it I really enjoyed it it was it was intense though I, I'm Jewish so it's particularly intense for me um, mm. but it was really well done so that didn't bother me. But I think it's the, the reverse bothers me. When you pretend like we were better than we were at that time, that really bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. The plot against America and Hollywood, you're like not recommending basically. I think I'm curious. It, it's, it was enjoyable, but it was weird. So I think I'd be curious to see what other people say. Plot against America, I definitely recommend. Kim's Convenience is excellent. Okay, cool. And Peanut Butter Falcon from you. Yes, Peanut okay. Butter Falcon was great. Okay. <laughs>
Um, so that is, we have a short episode this week. We, yes. uh, this is all we have for you uh, in the upcoming, either in the next couple of episodes, we're going to do a uh, main theme focusing on iOS 14 rumors and iPad OS 14 rumors as well. And so stay tuned for that because WWDC is coming up fast. It's going to be June 22nd. That's Apple's worldwide developers conference where Apple unveils the next version of operating systems for our iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, and potentially probably Apple TV. So that is going to be an exciting event. And we're going to be, you know, featuring a lot of content on our website and through our podcast to help you all stay on top of it and be in the know. So thanks so much for joining us for another episode and I hope you're all staying safe. Thanks everyone. And if you're an insider, stick around. We've got some bonus content for you. That's right.